I'd like to invite you to turn your Bibles to the book of Deuteronomy this morning, Deuteronomy chapter 20. And while you're turning there, we'd like to welcome our radio audience. This is Brother John Lybrook, pastor of the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church at Old Town. That's just a side of Greenup County, out of Carter County. You get to us by taking Route 1 or Route 7. There's a sign on either end of Laurel Road giving you directions to the meeting house here at Emmanuel. And we're thankful again also that you've taken time to tune in to WGOH to hear a portion of God's Word. And I know that there are probably those all around this world that will hear this sermon today. You know, in this world in which we live, there seems to be so much turmoil. There's so much heartache, even among Christians. There are those that are living in persecution around this world today who are suffering death, who are giving their lives for the sake of the Lord, for the sake of His gospel. And because of that, you know, I know there's a lot of, there is also a lot of different things that take place in our own lives that cause a lot of heartache. This morning, from the devotion to the Sunday school hour to now as we open up the Word of God in the book of Deuteronomy, we see the issues of life. The Bible states here in Deuteronomy, and we're going to read all 20 verses of this scripture, and I believe what it's teaching the Christian today is how that we are to wage war against the enemy of our lives. And mind you, whether you realize it or not, you are in a battle today. You're in a conflict. You're in the Christian war. As the Bible speaks, we are the children of God. We are in the army of the Lord. And there is an enemy out there trying to do its best to disillusion the Christian. There's an enemy out there to doing their best to try to hinder the Christian in the life in which we live. Sometimes that enemy is within. Sometimes the enemy is ourselves. Sometimes it's our minds. It hinders us a great deal. Sometimes it's the faintness of our hearts, unwilling to pursue after the enemy that's trying to stop us. Brother Jeremy brought a lesson this morning that talked about the life of the Apostle Paul. And Paul looked at this life not only as a race, but as a battle. And today, as we look at this, I want us to... And, and, and today we're going to look at a lot of picture and type in this chapter. And I'm going to break it down for us in a way that I pray that you can take it home and be able to gain strength, be able to look yourself in the mirror and say, you know, I'm not a quitter. God's people are not to be quitters. We are to be on the winning side. We are on the winning side, whether you realize it or not. We're on the side of the Lord. So, as we look at our Scriptures today, we will see that by the grace of God... We too can be victors. 
we can overcome the enemy of our lives that's trying to put us, uh, uh, cause us to come to a stop. The Bible says in verse 1, Deuteronomy chapter 20, When thou goest out to battle against thine enemies, and seest the horses and chariots and the people more than thou, be not afraid of them, for the Lord thy God is with thee. And again, I, and you know, I want you to, I really want you to not look at this as a, as a real battle scene in the physical sense. But I want you to notice in the spiritual sense of our own lives, there's a lot of enemies out there. There may be a foe that is greater than you can even imagine. There may be things going on in your life that you feel like it's just too big for me to handle. But the Lord says, I'm with you. Verse 2 says, And this shall be, when you are come nigh unto the battle, that the priest shall approach and speak unto the people. And shall so say unto them, Hear, O Israel, ye, ye, ye approach this day unto battle against your enemies. Let not your hearts be faint, fear not, and do not tremble. Neither be ye afraid because of them, for the Lord your God is He that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies, to save you. And the officers shall speak unto the people, saying, What man is there that hath built a new house, and hath not dedicated it? Let him go and return to his house, lest he die in the battle, and another man dedicated. And what man is he that hath planted a vineyard, and hath not yet eaten of it? Let him also go and return unto his house, lest he die in the battle, and another man eat it. And what man is there that hath betrothed a wife, and hath not taken her? Let him go and return into his house, lest he die in battle, and another man take her. And the officers shall speak further unto the people, and shall say, What man is there that is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return to his house, lest his brethren's heart faint as well as his heart. And it shall be, when the officers have made an end of speaking unto the people, that they shall make captains of the armies to lead the people. You know, there's a lot to lose in this battle if you're not careful. And I believe as you're looking at these, at these words that was from verse, uh, verse 5 down through verse 9, you'll see there's a lot that we could lose if we're not careful. There's a lot we could lose if we're not careful. Church, when it comes to the Word of God, when it comes to the practices of the Word of God that we have performed down through the years, be careful. Be careful and be sure not to lose those things that are precious to you. 
The Bible goes on to say in verse 10, When thou comest nigh unto a city and fight against it, then proclaim peace unto it. And it shall be, if it make thee an answer of peace, and open unto thee, then it shall be that all the people that is found therein shall be tributaries unto thee, and thou they shall serve thee. And if it will be, if it will make no peace with thee, but will make war against thee, then thou shalt besiege it. You know what that means? That means you're going to do everything in your power to overtake it. And when the Lord thy God hath delivered it into thy hands, now again, I want you to realize, it didn't say if the Lord was going to deliver it into your hands. But it says when the Lord has delivered it into your hands. There's a lot of enemies in our lives today that are going to be delivered. Those that are saved by God's amazing grace have that Holy Spirit living inside of them. One day we're going to be delivered, folks. Today in the life in which we live, we have the power of God to deliver us out of the hands of the enemy. As Brother Jeremy said this morning, it's not anything that we will do, but what God's going to do. That's important to get a hold of. Because the devil is bigger than we are. But I want you to know this, God's greater than all. The Bible says in 1 John, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So these are things that you've got to get a hold of. Your sin is not greater than God's power to overcome it. Your, your, your problem, whatever your enemy is today that's hindering you, it's not greater than God. Do remember that. We're going down to, to verse 16. And here the Bible says, But if the cities of these people which the Lord God doth give thee for an inheritance... Thou shalt save alive nothing that breatheth. Now, verse 17 is where I want to really focus my attention on today. Because this is the enemy. And do you realize what verse 17 is really speaking of when it speaks to these about these nations? These are the nations that were filled to the brim with wickedness of all sorts. These are the nations that some of the people of God infiltrated and allowed themselves to get themselves in trouble. Now I want you to realize what God says here. Now I want you to, I want you to also think on this, on this wise. That this is a representation of the enemies of our lives. Whether it be some hidden sin whether it be some hidden aggression, whatever the enemy is that's keeping you from being blessed of God the way that God will bless those that are faithful, God is saying in this verse of Scripture that we are to utterly destroy that which hinders us. We're speaking of the enemy today. And this is what the Bible says, but thou shalt utterly destroy them, namely the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, 
the Hivites and the Jebusites, as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee. Now, do you understand the wickedness that was in these people? These are they who would who would sacrifice their children, who would send them through the fires of Molech. Here was a group of individuals in these all these different nations that were filled with the most perverse uh, perversions that you could even in your mind. Your mind won't even go to some of the places that these people were capable of going to. That's some of the most wicked sin. Some of the most hideous things that plague the life of the Christian. Now I'm not talking about the sexual perversions that were going on here, but I'm talking about the main driving force of the enemy that will destroy our lives if we're not careful. As we see in these scriptures here, these are the command of God that they were to utterly destroy them. And that word utterly means to its fullest. It means to its highest degree, you're to get rid of everything that even looks the part or the appearance of sin. The Bible goes on to say this. Down in, in, in verse 20. And we, we dealing, we're dealing with the, the trees of the wood and everything here. But what it, the reason why that they wanted to save some of those things, especially the trees that were, that were good for fruit, I'm talking about with your nut, your fruit trees and what have you, they were to, they were to save those things. But the trees that were not for food, they were to hew them down. You know why? Because they had to build bulwarks. They had to get a defense set up. And folks, I want you to know today, as the Bible states this in the lower part of verse 20, it says, And thou shalt build bulwarks against the city that maketh war with thee, until it be subdued. Now I do want to bring a message today, just simply, just three little words, defeating our enemies. So may God bless the reading of His Word. I want your mind not to focus upon the physical reading, but I want your mind to go into a spiritual place where you know what God's speaking of here. I know God will direct your hearts. He will give you exactly what you need here this morning to defeat whatever enemy is hindering your life right now. And it may not be some great thing, but listen, it could be anything. An enemy is anything that's going to keep you from the happiness and the joy and the peace that God through Jesus Christ has promised His children. That, my friend, is an enemy. Fear can be an enemy. Fear of the unknown can be something that stops you dead in your tracks. And it'll keep you from going forward because you don't know what's out there. Listen, God's people, remember, live by faith. You know what? If you always use your eyes, you're going to lose a lot of blessings in life. So may God help us. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow before your throne, we do thank you so much for the day which you've given us. Thank you, dear God, for your power, your majesty. We thank you, Father, for directing in the 
and all the word that's been said in this house thus far. Lord, I'm praying today that you will direct this sermon. Lord, cause this message to be a message of hope to those that are bewildered even now. Maybe there are those in our sanctuary who have allowed the enemy to completely overtake and overwhelm them and they don't see any way out. Lord, I'm praying that you open their eyes. I'm praying, dear God, that you would give them the understanding that they, through thy word, have everything needed. Lord, to overtake the enemy ahead. Whatever enemy that is, Lord, I pray that you will just bless. You will give them understanding as you have given me in my study. Bless us today. May your, may your word have preeminence in this house. May your Holy Spirit move upon every individual that's in this house. Lord, we ask that you forgive us our sin. In Jesus Christ's name, and amen. Let me ask you something. Is anybody else cold in here or is it just me? <laughs> I'm, I, I'm going to turn this down just a little bit. And if it gets too much, oh, I'll turn it up, I'm whatever. Kick that thing off. All right. Emmanuel, to our visiting friends and our radio audience, in this life, we as Christians will always have troubles and trials to contend with. This old world is filled to the full with the enemy of our Lord. And Christ has told His disciples that this would be the case and we should not think it strange if we are persecuted and troubled in this life for the sake of the Lord. The book of James tells us if you'll turn there in chapter 4, James in chapter 4, and I want to begin reading at verse 4, where the Bible says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of this world is the enemy of God. And we drop on down to verse 12. Well, the Bible states here, there is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judgest another? Go to now ye that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little while and then vanish away. For you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings, and all such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and do it not, to him it is sin. Now, that's not the scripture I wanted. I will look here for just a moment and try to come to where I need to be. And I have yet to do it. Oh, I know where I'm at. I think I was supposed to be in First Peter.
First Peter chapter four and verse four. I wrote the wrong book down. First Peter chapter four and verse four. The Bible says, "Wherein they think it strange." You know, speaking of the world and the Christian, the world think it strange. Listen to this now: that you run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you. In verse 12, the Bible said, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange happening unto you, but rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, Happy are ye, for the Spirit of the glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. Now, in John chapter 15, as we continue to give a little, a little background on what I believe the Scriptures is going to open up to us today, in John 15 and verse 20, the Bible says, Remember that the word that I said unto you, remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. So yes, these things are sometimes very hard to deal with, but God says that we shouldn't count it an odd thing that the Christian is, is the outcast in the world today. You shouldn't think of it strange. Oftentimes these points of persecution can cause other issues to flare up within our hearts and our minds. Things that can very often cause us to be defeated and live lives as captive spoils of the human war of the mind. How do we overcome the enemy? How do we overcome the enemy that's facing us? The Word of God has some words to encourage us today. Words which are not always easy when trouble comes. But God's Word first of all states, be not afraid of them. Back in Deuteronomy chapter 20 verses 1 through 4, the Bible states that at the end of that verse 4, the Bible states, be not afraid. Why? Because... The Lord our God is with us. There's times in our lives that I know that fear comes upon us. There's times when we become afraid. I know it's often easier read than performed. It's often easier said than done. But our human nature has three courses of action we normally pursue. We either freeze... We flee or we fight. It's just like that little, a little deer I, that I saw last Saturday 
when the enemy, big old coyote, was coming after it across the big hayfield, and it got within probably 20 feet of that little fawn, that little fawn just froze up in fear. I mean, it was, it was froze in place. It looked like a little statue. Folks, I'll tell you, sometimes that's the way we deal with our, our enemy as well. When that enemy begins to come across upon us, sometimes we are guilty of just freezing up and trying to act like it doesn't exist. But it's there, isn't it? We all have those enemies that sometimes force us to think in our minds that if I don't think about it, it won't hurt me. But folks, I want you to know something. <laughs> if that 4570 hadn't rung out, listen, let me tell you something, that little fawn would have found out real quick that listen, freezing and thinking it wasn't going to happen, he would have realized real quick that that was the wrong thing to think. And a lot of times it's the way it is in our lives. A lot of times we get to a place in our lives where we, uh, we, when, uh, when the problems begin to overwhelm us, we try to look away like it's not there. And it seems like the more that we do that, the closer to us the problem gets and the danger very shortly is going to overtake us. Dangers. Dangers of... Uh, of losing our concentration on what's important in life. The danger of, of not really realizing what harm can come with just a little meddling around in this and a little meddling around in that. Folks, I want you to know something. You meddle around with sin, it's going to bite you. You play with fire, you're going to come away smelling with smoke. That's the reason why God's people need to be sure that, listen, when, when the danger begins to come, that we're either going to have to fight it or we're going to have to flee from it. One thing for sure, if you freeze up in it, you're going to get destroyed. Now realize that. God's Word here gives us the reason that we should never freeze for fear's sake. Neither should we flee from the enemy with our backside revealed and open for attack. The only way to truly overcome our obstacles, the only way to truly overcome the attacks of the sin or the world that's facing this, is to face it head on. Now, I believe that sometimes, I think I've heard people say, that have you know had to had to go through uh, maybe some other some other place they've gone to and and you know how they work through uh, different situations of life to help people to cope with the the situations that they're facing. The one thing that they say is, listen, you got to face it. The only way you're gonna get over your trouble is to face it. The only way is to realize that it's there and to face it head on and try and do what God's Word says to avoid being a statistic. But how do we face our troubles? We have to realize that it says in Deuteronomy chapter 1, 2, 20 and 1, 
For the Lord thy God is with thee. God is always with His children. In every situation of life, God is there to give us strength. He's there to give us courage. He's there to give us fortitude to carry on with the task at hand, namely defeating the enemy at hand. Hebrews 13.5, what does it say? In the latter part of that it says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. That's one, that's one of the great tools that God's people have to realize, listen, God is always there to help us through our situation. In Matthew chapter 6, if we'll go over there for just a moment, in Matthew chapter 6, notice what it says here. And I, I, I'll tell you, this will give you uh, the wherewithal to understand that if God cares this much here, Surely He cares for me. Matthew chapter 6, the Bible states this. Now get a hold of this in verse 25 and verse 26. Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, or yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? You know, I think about these from time to time. These little, these sayings in the Word of God. I've got a couple of my favorites that I really enjoy when I'm having a particularly hard day. Maybe, maybe the devil's done his best. And he's about got me, he's about got me to a point where it, I don't necessarily want to. I don't necessarily want to freeze, but I, I don't necessarily want to run either. And here, this is one place that I go to. I can do all things, Amen, through Christ which strengthens me. Verse thirteen of this text. That's where God says you need to come to realize, realize that He is your Savior. Realize that He's your Redeemer. Realize that He's always the captain of our salvation. He's always at the head. He's always there. You know when Brother James, Jamie, when he was a captain in the, in the Kentucky State Police, listen, I want you to know something. I dare say there was never a time that that man run from the danger that was out in front of him. For, folks, I want you to realize that when the danger comes in, listen, if you freeze up, you're in trouble. But sometimes if you run, you open your back up. You open your backside up to attack. That's the reason why sometimes you just got to stand and face the danger head on. That's where we need to come to. Matter of fact, and you said, well, I, I, don't have the, I don't have the means. I don't have the faith that I need. My faith is not as big as yours. My faith is not as strong as you. Folks, I want you to realize this. That all of our faiths are, are, are different in degrees. All of us have different degrees of faith. Listen, but it's very important that your degree of faith does not stay stagnant. It needs to grow. It needs to come forth. That's the reason why the, as, you, as you face the difficulties in life, the more faith that you put into it, the greater you know your deliverer is coming. 
And the Bible states in verse 19 of Philippians 4, But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Remember, we are the army of the living God. In 1 John 4 and 4, that's where the Bible states that greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. Listen, Christ is greater than all our enemy. Our Lord has always been there with us. John chapter 14, you see that very truth. I want to ask you something today. What is your enemy? What is hindering you at this very moment? What is holding you back? In John 14 and verse 15, the Bible says, If you love me, keep my commandments. Brother Jeremy read this this morning. That's a true sign of discipleship. Amen. That's a true sign of one who is, who is willing to grow in the, in the faith and knowledge of God. Listen, he says, And I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another comforter that may abide with you forever. Folks, when you're going through a struggle... When you're going through fear that's setting you back. When you become afraid and, and, and upset, listen to this. God's Word says back in Deuteronomy, He said, Be not afraid of them. Be not afraid of them. Now secondly, I want you to look at this. How do we defeat our enemy? We need to remember what we could be losing. We need to remember what we can lose. And I believe as you, as you go back to the book of Deuteronomy, there were, were, were the captain of the host was telling the, the people, listen, if you've got something else going on, I want you to take care of that. Listen, you've got something else going on, church. You remember that. You've got children that's coming up under you. You've got, a, you've got a loyal wife, a godly wife who's coming up under you. You've got a husband that is, that is putting uh, uh, the Lord first and he's protecting the home uh, with the glory of God. Listen, you've got somebody coming up behind you. You look around and you think about uh, uh, the things that we could lose. and Think about what, what could be lost if we up and get out of church, if we up and quit reading the Word of God, if we quit praying, if we quit uh, exercising our faith. Look what you could lose. I am talking now on, this, on the physical side. Look at what you could lose by getting out of the house of God. Look at these little children that are coming up under the fear and the admonition of the Lord. And realize, listen, realize there are those in this world today who are not blessed like that. They have no idea. Listen to that. Look at what could be lost. Notice what could be lost. I look at children. And I thank God because children are the heritage Listen, one day, this church, God tyranny's coming, will be operated by the children that you have produced and brought up in the house of God. How do you want to bring them up? How do you want the church to be 50 years from now? God tyranny's coming. How would, you like your, how would you like this church to be? How would you like the legacy, your name, 
as it was left behind. This is the reason why we are what we are today. What legacy did you leave behind? Did you leave behind a legacy that said, well, church ain't all that important. The Bible ain't all that important. Prayer ain't all that important. Singing to the glory of God and worship is not all that important. Hey, listen. Fellowship. What legacy did you leave behind for these young people to grow up with? Fifty years is going to tell the tale. If God tarries His coming, fifty years is going to tell the tale on this congregation that's here today. The reason why that we're here today, I know God's power and God's Holy Spirit, His protection upon the church, but look at what has happened to our forefathers of years past. A hundred and some years ago, look at what they've come through all these years, and that's the reason why this lighthouse is still here, and this lighthouse today would have been filled had it not been for folks that are on vacation, and this house has still got a great crowd in it today. You know what they're doing? They're worshiping God today. You know why? Because of our forefathers of past. Listen, those men that stood and pounded on this old desk up here, this old pulpit here, men that have stood and, and as they paced back and forth upon the on the, the the pulpit area. That's the reason why, listen, that's the reason why that the trail of blood is so important. The reason why we're here today is because people were willing to die. They were willing to give their lives. You know why? Because they had an enemy. But they also had something precious to protect at all costs, even their lives. Now folks, I'll tell you, that's what makes church important to me. I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave a legacy that said I give up on the forefathers and give all. I don't want to leave a legacy that says I quit when my forefathers who gave all never did until the last breath left their body. As they were burning at the stake, as they were being drawn and quartered, as they were being drugged through the streets until dead, as they were hung by the neck, as they were cut asunder, the Bible states, all so that you and I could be here today and read out of this old book. Folks, I want you to know something. We have an enemy out there we gotta, we gotta watch out for. Don't forget what's important in life. Listen, I want you to realize this. There are certain things that are more important in life than our prestige. When it comes to the house of God and the glory of God, everything outweighs our prestige. We are nothing. The only reason why we're here today is for God's glory. Amen? That's the reason why God's got us here. We're here today to bring Him glory. We're here today to praise Him and to worship Him in spirit and truth. And I can't believe that time is gone. But time is about gone. But I get excited when I think about some of the things that if you, if you dig through the Old Testament, what you can get out of it. Amen. I mean... As you look at this thing of, of what was being said, and listen, there are certain things that are important in life. Listen, your families are important. These little children, as I look at these little children back here, and all these kids over here, listen, that's important to me. You children are important to me. That's the reason why that I am very patient and love 
to see these, you know, there's some preachers that don't allow nobody in the pulpit but the preacher or, or some adult that's singing. They don't allow children. Listen, I want you children to know you're always a blessing in this house. Amen? You're always a blessing in this house. God's people love you here. Listen, I want you to know this also. That listen, not only is our lives important, not only is our children's lives important, God's given us things. God has provided uh, uh, our, our daily provisions. What if we quit on everything? Look what's at jeopardy. Well, look what we could lose. You know what? You may not, I don't know uh, what you think about it, but your house, you know, that's a gift from God. I'm glad I'm not living under a bridge. I'm not uh, down on those that do, but listen, I know God's blessed me. I could be living in a cave, I reckon, somewhere on one of these hillsides. But God has blessed me, and I don't want to lose what God's given me. Fight for it. How do we do that? We contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Amen? That's what we are to do. Listen. You look at the account of the prodigal son and it shows us that we can lose if we uh, uh, cower and freeze before the enemy. This will happen if we turn our backs to the enemy and he attacks. With our backs revealed to the enemy, not only are we more vulnerable to his attacks, but we cannot see clearly to warn our children, our spouses, our friends of the incoming volleys if you've always got your head in the sand, you can't see the danger that lies ahead to, to mind or to warn the little ones behind us. Dad, let me say this. You look at the children that you hold today. Listen, they're depending on you and mom. They're depending, they depend solely upon you and mom for everything. I'm not just talking about physical things. I'm talking about the spiritual side. You know these Sunday school rooms? They're filled with teachers that love the Lord that's going to give them the truth. Not only do they get the truth at home where they need to get it first and foremost, but they get it in the house of God. Then they come out to... They don't come out... Well, i got to be careful. They come out with the rest of us. We sit here and worship together as a family unit. Amen? I, I love that, folks. I love worshiping as a family unit. That's the reason why these children never bother me. I've had people to walk out and apologize for the children. Listen, don't you apologize. for. I'd rather hear the child crying in the house than not to hear them at all because they're not here. Listen, I love these children. These children never bother me. And they won't bother you if you've got your mind upon the Word of God that's being brought forth. Listen, I've got to move on because I'm about to run out of time. But I declare that God's Word says, Stand with me and I will defend, I will protect, I will build up, I will multiply. We will defeat our enemy by remembering to the extent that we will protect what's ours. Deuteronomy 28 and 32 talks about that. But now lastly, well, this ain't lastly. 
Thirdly, how shall we defeat the enemy? Know that the God that we serve shall deliver us. Deuteronomy 20 verses 10 through 20 talks about that. We forget sometimes that we cannot always defeat the enemy so readily ourselves. But God can and God will always enable us. He will put an end to it Himself if need be. God's Word is showing us from Deuteronomy 20 and verse 13 that we must defeat the enemy in our lives. This is what Deuteronomy 20 and 17 is all about. These nations represent sin and very often times the vilest of sin. God says, Thou shalt utterly destroy them. Sometimes it's the besetting sin which destroys God's people. Brother Jeremy, did you read that while ago? The besetting sin may have been garrisoned then. But it's the besetting sin as you run the race. As the Apostle Paul was saying, listen, sometimes you can get weighed down with way too much besetting sin. God says you need to destroy some of that stuff. Sin should not dominate the child of God. As a matter of fact, in Romans chapter 6 and also in Romans 13, it talks about the fact that sin shouldn't, should not and will not dominate in the life of a Christian because the Holy Spirit's in there. Listen, you shouldn't ever have to worry about that. But lastly now, as my time has gone, how shall we defeat the enemy? The Bible says we're to build up bulwarks. How long? Until we've got it subdued. You know, when you surround the enemy and you put up bulwarks so that they can't get out and nothing can get in, it isn't very long that the city is, is buckled under. Folks, it's the same way it is with our sin. Whatever the enemy is, it could be our sin, it could be fear, it could be anything, anything that's causing you to withdraw yourself from God. He says, listen, put up bulwarks and keep them up until you subdue your problem. Listen, I don't know what your, what your problem is, but you know what the bulwark is? Right here, this old book. You keep the Word of God in there because the Bible says in, in, in Psalm 119 and 11, Thy Word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against Thee. Amen. Folks, that's what he's saying here. You keep the Word of God there. You build up the Word of God in your life until you've completely subdued whatever it is that's over, overwhelming you. What's overwhelming you today? It, I mean, listen, it could be anything. Think about it. Think about it. He says, Thou shalt utterly destroy them. Utterly destroy. How do we do that? Well, I'll go back to Romans in chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2 again. The Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. 
holy and acceptable unto God, which is what? Your reasonable service. Why is it reasonable to do that? Look at what He done for you. He sent His Son to die in your place. Paid your sin debt. Kept you from going to hell. Listen, He has made a home for you in heaven. That's a reason why He says it's just your reasonable service. It's only reasonable, folks, that we do everything we can for the glory of God. It's only reasonable that we come to the house of God and worship Him. We only do it three days a week. Three times a week. It's only reasonable that we stop and think about it. Look at what He's done for us. He gave His whole life for us. Surely we can give Him, what, six hours a week? Maybe at the most? Listen, it's only our reasonable service. So how do we do that? The Bible goes on to say, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? You change your thinking. That's one of the greatest ways to overcome the enemy. Whatever enemy is in your life. Listen, if you've got a problem with whatever it is, whatever sin you can think of, listen, change your way of thinking about it. You'll win. You'll win every time. You will, you, will, you will overpower whatever it is. Whatever the enemy is, you will overpower it through the Word of God. Listen. I'm going to come to a close here. Because the Bible tells us to renew our mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What's God's will for your life? What is God's will for your life today? I pray that whatever enemy that you're facing, that you're able to overcome it. And remember that if you're not able to overcome it, God is. He is able. Let's all stand, please.